Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Guardian. On Saturday, 6th January, the former editor of The Guardian and a dear friend to many of his colleagues, Peter Preston, died aged 79. There will be nothing flicking on the screen behind me and there will be a conclusion at the beginning. Peter was one of the finest journalists of his generation. He edited the paper for 20 years and played a decisive role in shaping The Guardian as we know it today. And it's simply to say that there are no conclusions. It was within two years of his editorship that, in 1977, Peter oversaw a very special report on the islands of San Serif, which was published on April the 1st of that year. Our producer, Max Sanderson, interviewed Peter about this very special report in 2014 for his Humania podcast. I'm Tim Radford. Welcome to Sansa Reef. It was a floating island, uh, slightly like New Zealand, with the North Island and the South Island. It was difficult, actually. They started off uh, floating, I think, off Africa, and then there was a... Uh, a bit of a plane crash uh, on, in that part of the world a few days before the um, supplement was due. So the islands floated over to the other side of Africa. The Stuart Legg's idea was that it, sh- it should all be used in terms of the quite baroque terms for print uh, that uh, were used in the in newspapers. The two islands, North Island was called uppercase and the lower, the bottom one was called lowercase. Uh, and the island was ruled uh, by General Piker, Piker being a lump of, anyway, um, that you, you, you put in and his family. And they spoke Bodoni and there was all sorts of, it, it was carried to the ultimate extreme. I thought it was terrific. the Guardian at that stage was extraordinarily hard up uh, and I was uh, in my 30s and only recently been made editor so we were 
struggling along on all sorts of fours. And there was a bright guy in the advertising department called Philip Davis, whose job it was to think up uh, special reports, uh, which were the sort of uh, umpteen pages of stuff looking at things that you wouldn't normally look at in a great deal of detail, like the sort of 97 pages on Nigerians' development or something like that. Remember when I first joined The Guardian, before that, the first thinking, oh, how fantastic, the legacy of C.P. Scott. Um, the first thing I was asked to have a look at was a report which was entitled A New Industry Comes to South Lancashire, which is actually the Golden Wonder Crisp factory opening up in Runcorn. So there wasn't a tremendously high bar for any of this. Anyway, Philip, uh, who probably wasn't the sort of person that C.P. Scott would have clutched to his bosom, uh, had the idea of doing a spoof special report on April the 1st, uh, which he came to me with, and I thought that was not a bad idea. Uh, and it rapidly became clear that if he got a good idea, then you could get a lot of advertisers to join in. And Geoffrey Taylor, who was the rather austere, not austere, but a sort of laid-back former foreign editor, uh, now chief leader writer, who had a terrific sense of humour, went away and talked with a few guys about this. Somebody, I think a man with a beard called Stuart Legg, suggested that we could do something on a, a mythical island special report. Uh, Geoffrey picked that all up. And so in a sort of committee sense, San Serif, or as the islanders call it, San Serife, uh, was invented. It followed the sort of uh, the lines of a normal special report. You had the history of San Serif, you had the political, uh, you had profiles of the political leaders who all magically turned out to be a member of uh, General Piker's uh, family. Uh, you had the cultural side of San Serif, the educational side. You had the whole thing blocked together, what they eat, and written at two levels so at first glance it's not clear that anybody sort of staggering out of bed reaching for a cup of tea over the breakfast table and looking at this would have quite clued up the penny would have dropped but it was there well anyway it was in the paper april the first nobody said anything for a bit and then at home my phone wrote started to ring and the spirit said what's this is this is this a joke uh and i said well just go away and read it carefully and form your own views got into the office the office was swamped with telephone calls of people saying um is this a joke can we go there travel agents um ringing up to say uh, because we described what a wonderful place it was to go to people had read it and decided that they did the travel agent do holidays there there was a huge sort of, which is always the greatest thing, uh, the BBC, God bless it, picked it up and we had a very good sales day. Uh, other papers picked it up and said that it was either very trivial and demeaning uh, or a terrific joke. Um, and there we were. What I hadn't expected was that it would go become 
as I think it has to an extent for people who are around at the time, an almost iconic joke. Uh, everybody uh, remembers it, who was there at the time, who was taken in by it, or who knew somebody who was taken in by it, or worked on it, or read it, or felt the impact. It was very, very good for The Guardian. But a- apart from that, it sort of uh, established a benchmark uh, for April Fool jokes in uh, newspapers. To me, it, it represents, you know, sometimes you just need something to light up the day. Do you think it sort of reflects that, that human need for having a bit of a laugh and a joke in the face of, say, adversity? Oh, golly. I mean, if you're looking at any TV news, radio news, or front page of most serious newspapers most of the time, uh, it, the, the diet of gloom is fairly uh, oppressive it, if you're looking to back to 1977 we didn't have the uh, the Guardian the Times and so forth didn't have m- too much truck with celebrities falling in and out of bed with each other and that, that this has come on over the last few decades so it was very difficult to have a, a lightning effect and you could get into a terribly sort of be thought of as terribly pompous. There you were, one minute writing a leader saying uh, it is high time that the government of Mongolia pulled itself together. Uh, and it, it was a sort of British waistcoated editor men's club sort of world. And The Guardian isn't like that, wasn't like that. Uh, we had a lot of laughs. I'm sure they do still have a lot of laughs. And it seemed absolutely crazy to me not to actually reflect that because if you go through life without having the chance to be surprised by something really good to laugh over uh, then you're it's like being it's like sitting through an endless reel of 12 years a slave and praying that at some stage somebody will crack a joke just to lighten the mood so there we go Sans Serif was invented at high speed, in secrecy, and with the barest minimum of consultations by a group of scribes, each of whom knew almost nothing about the contributions of others. My role was to describe complex and somewhat eccentric cultural preoccupations of the islanders, including, but please do not ask me to explain this, the cult of the Sonorous Enigma. It was the single most ambitious, far-reaching and enduring, but essentially haphazard newspaper jest I can think of. Our readers loved it so intensely and with such commitment that by the time I got into the office, and I was letters editor at the time, so I was the first to see it, we had received a formal protest from the San Serif Liberation Front on headed notepaper, objecting to its omission from the history. 
The Times carried a story about our April foolery and the BBC Morning News programme interviewed a spokesman for General Piker. An American who was due to be deported by the Home Secretary threw the Foreign Office into confusion by demanding he be flown to San Serif. It was a hell of a thing to have been involved in and perfectly captures Peter's enduring mission to expand the journalistic horizons of The Guardian, to take risks, to delight the readers, to challenge expectations, and above all, to make people think. And I'm glad to say nothing much has changed. This special episode of the story featured the San Serif episode of the Humania podcast. The voice you heard was Peter Preston's, and the piece was originally produced by Max Sanderson. This repost featured me, Tim Radford, and was produced for The Guardian by Max Sanderson. from The Guardian. Just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts.